0: what's up everybody welcome to the what's goody podcast i have a very special guest today kevin english aka keto coach e what's up dude hey hey man how are you i'm doing great man i'm doing absolutely great we're alive we're winning so can't can't complain ain't that the truth (laughs) (laughs) so so kevin I, i i gotta ask you so it was so funny when i when i discovered you for those of you who don't know this I own a company called BioCoach, but it used to be called Keto Coach. Your name is Keto Coachy. And I was like, oh man, like this is this is interesting. Like this is cool. So I dove into your stuff and quickly found, like, okay, man, he's definitely on the same mission as I am and as we are. So tell me, like, how did you get into keto? Because I have a pretty unique story on how I got into keto just for reference, like I was doing keto before I even knew what the hell keto was, but (laughs) um, yeah. What was, how did you even get into keto and and what made you start, you know, your, your social media into Keto Coachee?
1: Wow, man. Well, that is, that's an interesting story. So I really was privy to a conversation. That's what kind of got me into keto. But initially what had happened was I went to Las Vegas. So the story started I went to Las Vegas, my wife and I, we, we went to Vegas to, to celebrate one of my buddy's birthday, and we went to the Michael Jackson One Show, and, I, and I'm telling you, if you've never seen it, and I know now it's kind of coming off of uh, coming from Vegas and going to Broadway, the show was amazing, right? And I was tired. I'm 6'4", so I was a little not comfortable because my knees was in the back of the seat. I'm tossing. I'm turning. But it had to do a lot, a lot more to do with how I felt. My energy was low. I just didn't feel good. I ended up taking my tie off and putting it in my shirt pocket because it was just like felt like I was suffocating. And when I got home, I saw the picture. And when I saw the picture, I was like, that's me. And, and granted, I'm a guy who's been uh, athletic all my life. I played basketball as a, uh, you know, as, as a teenager. I play I play high school basketball, I play college basketball. So I've always been somewhat in shape after my my preteen is when I was uh, overweight. As a preteen, I was overweight. But as a teenager, I've been pretty fit. So I saw the picture and I was like, "Man, I've never been this heavy. Like, I need to to do something." But you know how it is. Sometimes us fellas, we tend to drag our feet when it comes to our health, right? So I ended up going to a health screening, and I was working the health screening. And I was volunteering, and the nurse said, "Your blood sugar is through the roof," and I was like, "What? Like through the roof?" Because I'd never heard that before. And she was like, "Yeah, your blood sugar is through the roof. Like, you need to go see a doctor like Monday." And I'm like, "Really?" So you know, fellas. <laughs> you know, sometimes, and the ladies, y'all know, y'all got a man at home, you know, sometimes you got to push him to the doctor sometimes, right? So I started having this bouts of dizziness. So that was one of the, that was what really got me is that I started having this bouts of dizziness. And I would, I, and I always explain it as I passed out long enough where I knew I lost consciousness, but it was a short enough period of time that I didn't hit the floor. So, <laughs> so I was like, I got to do something. So I went to the doctor and doctor said, man, listen, you're pre-diabetic. You got high blood pressure, high blood sugar. <laughs> I'm putting you on statins. I'm putting you on everything I can to get the cholesterol down, the blood pressure, the blood pressure down, the blood sugar down, like everything. Right. So at that point, I, I was like, I got to do something. So I started looking for things, but I was doing, I was still drinking a lot of sugar and things like that. I was doing like fruit shakes and I was doing all of that, all of that type thing. And I happened to be privy to a conversation about keto. And I was like, well, what is that? And I was like, oh, just no bread, no pasta, no rice, no cereal. You know, I'm like, oh, that sounds good. So that's how I got started. I lost 15 pounds like immediately. <laughs> like like, and like less than less than, I, I would say about 45 days. I noticed it in 45 days because I took a picture 45 days apart. And I noticed it in the picture. So that was that was what really got me going. That's what got me started with the lifestyle.
0: Dude, that that's that's so funny that you say that because your story is very similar to mine. Going to a doctor and the doctor just hitting you with the facts, right? Like when they show your blood work and they show your numbers and you see like, wow, like my A1C is is out the roof. My blood sugar's out the roof. My cholesterol all, and, and they just want to put you on medication, right? My doctor never told me anything like, "Hey, do the ketogenic diet or do this nutrition plan." They said we need to get you on subscription, right? But that's that. We'll that's we'll, we'll, t- we'll touch that topic later. But very similar to to your story, man. Yeah, like doctor telling me, dude, you're 26 years old and you are quickly killing yourself. And and that was a huge wake up call. And then along, like, kind of like how you said, you saw a picture of yourself and you're like, that's me. Like, what, what that, that was almost similar to mine. I, I I had just gotten a new job and I needed to get some work pants and I didn't have any of the color pants they want, you know, the the uniform requires. So I go into, you know, Academy and, and, and get some work pants that I need to get. And I remember looking in the mirror, like, Holy crap. Like, this size doesn't fit me, but this is what I have i thought I've always been this size. No, I, I had to get a size 40. Now, that may not sound big to people, but when I tell you how tall I am, you're going to be like, what? Like, you said you're 6'4". Well, guys, I'm 5'6". <laughs> so <laughs> I am sure I don't go up. I go this way. Okay, so 5'6", Mexican, wearing a size 40, I'm pretty wide. So that was a huge wake-up call. I took a picture. Because that was like, I just got back from the doctor, I'm getting a new job, I'm having to shop for these new pants, took a picture, and that kind of launched my, you know, keto journey and fitness journey. So one thing I want to ask, you know, because most, you know, you said your wife kind of was like, hey, you probably need to go to the doctor, you need to do this. When you dropped that 15 pounds, was she kind of like, damn, like that was how how'd you do that so easy? Like that was quick. Because you know, mo- you know, obviously guys can lose weight much quicker than than women do. And I know sometimes they get a little upset about that. How does she feel about that?
1: I think that neither one of us really noticed it because she sees me every day. And we went on a we went on a date. And, you know, we went on a date night and I took a we took a picture together. And the picture is like, you know, we kind of face to face in the picture. It's like not even a body picture. And maybe like 45 or so days before that, we had taken a picture on an airplane and we was like face to face. And we saw saw the picture. I'm like, babe, look at this picture. Like, like, look at my face. And she's like, wow. You know, she's shocked like I was because she sees me every day. So she didn't even notice it. Like I didn't notice it. But my face had gone from being round to a little bit more, a little bit more slender in in a short time. So that was the first time we noticed it.
0: Dang. Yeah. I, I always say this. Like, it's so funny when I look at my old, like, you know, bigger pictures, if I'm with family or whoever's in the picture with me, I'm like, yo, why didn't you tell me? And they're like, Hey man, I, I didn't want to be mean. I didn't want to be rude. Like I'm just letting you do you right. Like, Hey, you're happy. I, I you're happy. I'm gonna leave you alone. But there's definitely like a lot of my bigger pictures. I'm with a lot of friends and family. And I'm like, bro, like why did you not tell me i look like this so yeah i totally get it it's hard and it's hard to see it right when you look at yourself every day like i would say that last year before before i finally made that change up until then i never thought i was big i i mean i didn't you know you just kind of it just kind of happens right and it doesn't happen overnight that's obviously not how it happened it took years for me to get to there but i never was like man i'm Kind of big, I need to do something. It wasn't until like someone actually put proof and put the, the actual numbers in front of you, and then you see the picture like, okay, yeah, this is real like yeah, and so I, I definitely get that. so you started keto. how did you feel like after you know you lost that 15 and you saw the dramatic change over like the 45 days like like overall, like how did you feel like mentally, spiritually, like how did it change other than appearance wise
1: Oh man, I felt great so I've had three knee surgeries. So I've had my patella. I had, I've had had three patella tendon surgeries.
0: What, what is that,
1: from just sports and just? From playing basketball. So when I played competitively, I never got hurt. So it was when I wanted to, like, relive my hoop dreams <laughs> and pick up ball and open gym that I started ball getting hurt. Right?
0: You weren't Damon Green. Punched anybody out there, were you? No, not at all. <laughs> you, were not knocking, at all. <laughs> you were knocking dudes out and your teammates out? <laughs> all
1: no, right, good. no. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was the main thing that I noticed is that, that inflammation from my surgeries, like I started, I noticed my dexterity was getting better because I'm in the gym every day. I'm a basketball, I'm a high school basketball coach. I don't know if you knew that. I'm a high school basketball coach, and that's where kind of keto coach E came from because people always called me coach E. So I, I I basically started noticing like ooh my movements in the gym are a little bit better I started feeling a little bit a little bit better feeling a little younger and even over I mean even up to today I feel even better than I did then so it's just it's just crazy how it wasn't even the weight wasn't the thing that really kind of got me it was how I felt it was just that energy that mental clarity like all of those things really uh, <laughs> were awesome
0: Man, that's awesome, dude. No, I definitely want to get into your coaching because, you know, I've always, this is, and I've shared this a couple of times, but if, you know, people ask me, like, what would you do if, you know, money wasn't an object or, you know, money wasn't a thing? Like, what would you want to be doing? Other than what I'm doing today, which is, you know, obviously having conversations with amazing people and inspiring other parents like myself, other fathers like myself, I would want to be a coach reason why I would want to be a coach is because like yourself, I played sports all through, through high school, through my life, you know, obviously, you know, peewee middle school freshman, up until, you know, varsity. And I can tell you like every chapter of my sports life, there was always a one coach that played like almost a father figure role for me and not to like where like my father wasn't there. Like my dad, like do my dad was an insane fan. Like I used to get made fun of. In high school, because my dad would always be there before we even got there, like to a football games or to a basketball game, and people were like, "Dude, what does your dad do? Does he even work?" Like, he's already up on the stands with his camera, like, "Go Rattlers, go Logan!" And at the time, I would I would sometimes get embarrassed, but like now thinking about it, like now as a grown up, I'm like, "Damn, my, yeah, my dad was awesome. Like, my dad was a real life superhero." But to go back to my point, you know. Having coaches, like having your individual position coach played like a huge role in my life as far as shaping me on, you know, just life goals and characteristics. Like, you know, every like one coach I had that really, really stuck with me. Something that he, he really preached about was he would always tell us like, what are you going to do when no one's looking? Are you going to do the right thing? anybody can do the right thing when a group of people are watching you, right? Like everybody can do something nice and when the spotlight's on you, but what are you going to do when you know you can get away with it and no one's looking? Are you going to make the right choice? And I remember that always stuck with me because it was like, wow, that that's true, right? That, and that's going to really show people or, or really just really show yourself your true character. And and I remember how much that played a huge impact on my life. And, and I know that If it, if it, I don't know, like depending on whatever happens in life, I was like, you know what, being a coach was something I always wanted to do, teaching young kids, teaching young teens, you know, how life works and how to be a good character and things like that were, were something that, you know, played a huge impact on my life. And so I want to, I want to ask you, so how long have you been coaching? Did you know that you always wanted to be a coach? And did you have similar stories like where, Hey, you had coaches when you were young and you knew this is something you wanted to do?
1: Wow, Um, man. So coaching really kind of jumped on me. So something else a lot of people don't really know about me is I am a certified school teacher. I'm a certified high school teacher. So I teach biology. My degree is in biology. So I literally walked into the school building the first day uh, that I was going to be a teacher about 20 years ago and uh, one of the guys walked up to me and said, "Man, you're tall. I know you play basketball. I'm working at the other school up the street and he was like, "The coach needs an assistant coach. Do you want to would you would you want to coach him?" Of course I love, I play basketball every day from the time I was about 10 years old. So <laughs> I'm like, "Basketball? Sure." So I just go in the gym right. I'm like, "Let's go." So I'm like, "I never coached before, but I played the game every day all my life, you know. So I went in the gym and I built my confidence around that, being an assistant coach. And I'm like, oh, okay, I know the game. So I was able to really kind of learn. That I knew enough about the game to be a coach. So I, my coach was my dad. So I love your story about your dad because that's my dad. You know, he, to this day, when I had practice, he's in the gym. He's in the gym. Every single day that I had practice, he was at every game. When I played college basketball, he would be up and down the East Coast because I, you know, played on the East Coast up and down the East Coast at my game. So, you know, I love that, supportive dad. Like I said, you got to love it, right? So he was really my coach. Like he he was the coach. He was the man that I aspired to be because he was also a teacher by trade. And I saw how he worked with young people. And I got to see he was actually a principal. He ended up being a principal before he retired. And I got to see how he would walk through the school and he would interact with people and how he would good morning to everybody every day in the school building. And I kind of taken on that same type of thing. You know, I'm good morning to all the children. They'd be looking mad. I'm like, good morning, good morning, you know. So I just kind of, I just love to be able to mold the next generation. And being able to do that through sport is even better because I say I may not have a college degree if it wasn't for basketball. Because that kept me motivated until I woke up, until I realized that the education was important.
0: Man, that is, dude, that is so amazing. I love to hear, it, man. I love to hear stories like that. And again, I want to stay on this coaching topic because it's so fascinating to me. Like, I'm interested in it. So, you know, you you just started your coaching career. You know, you're trying to teach young adults, you know, not only the game, not only, you know, how how to play the game right, but also life, right? Like, you know, obviously you want to teach the kids that look, Sports are great. It can do amazing things for you, not only health wise, but shape your character. So you are teaching young teens and young adults the game. But what about like on life? Like, you know, like how do you approach that? Like you teach these young boys like how to how to be a man, how to be a character, how to be a good citizen. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Wow, I mean, and my philosophy is all about hard work. It's about working hard, and you talk about integrity. So we always kind of, and I know it's not the, the technical definition, but with, but you, you probably hear that too in sport that they say, "Well, what you do when nobody's watching is called integrity," right? And we know that's the, the not necessarily the, the actual definition of the word, but in sport, you hear that a lot. That integrity is what you do when nobody's watching. And one of the things that I'm most proud of in my whole entire life is that in high school, I won the ethics award. Out of all the students in the school, I won the ethics award. And I was so appreciative of that because someone recognized that I worked hard to be ethical, you know, to be a person that could be trusted. And that's what I really I really work hard to, to teach my students and my athletes that like listen man you got you have to work hard. You have to put in the time, you gotta put in the hours. Because it doesn't matter how good you want to be, <laughs> you know, if you're not putting in the work. So I really I'm always on them about working hard. And, and, and I tell them and I, and I say it in the school. Nobody works harder than me. I always say they, I'm the hardest working coach in the building. I always challenge all the coaches. I'm the hardest working coach in the building. Like no one works harder than I do. And I tell my players like you think I sleep here. you think I sleep, you think I sleep here because I'm here before you get here and I'm here after you leave. You don't ever see me running out of the door. So if you really want to be great or good at something, you have to really put the work in. And even though you put the work in, you still might not win. So you got to be willing to be able to do it regardless of what the results are, especially when you really love something. So really want to teach them, teach them that and just how to, how to be men, how to handle things and, and how to deal with adversity, because we're all going to deal with adversity, right? You know, adversity is going to come. I don't care who you are, a silver spoon or not. You're going to deal with some adversity. And being able to to do that is is very important in life. So I, I always teach them those things.
0: Yep. Like you said, everyone's going to deal with it at some point. And what are you going to do? How, are you going to fold? Are you going to say, poor me, this is not fair? Or are you going to look at it as like, hey, this is an opportunity? this is a way to prove to myself that nothing can stop me, right? Like for me, the greatest lessons in life have been my failures, right? But I don't even like to call them my failures. I just like to say learning experiences. I learned from it. I know to never do that again. <laughs> that was not a smart decision. And then we just keep moving forward, right? So you're just constantly learning. I, I got a pretty hard question for you, and this is, this is just something like just came to my head like as we're, as we're talking. So you've been coaching for 20 years. Uh, right? Y- roughly around 20 years?
1: Yeah, right. About, yep, about 20 years.
0: Okay. What is the one kid that you've coached, like the one story or one individual that you coached that, you know what, that kid, this kid's journey, it could be a movie. Like what's the most one, like for me, like, you know, I have that one coach who's like, man, he was that was my coach. Like I would have ran through a freaking brick wall for that guy. Like, is there any, like I, you probably have tons, but what's one like story that you have for someone that you coach was like, man, this kid was just amazing. Let me, let me show you, tell you his story, his background and how far he came.
1: Well, I actually have a kid who was homeless. And you know, when you think of homeless, sometimes you think of sleeping on the street, but he wasn't sleeping on the street necessarily, but he, you know, him and his mom and his little brother were living in a shelter. And they were living in a shelter, and the kid walked in as a freshman. He walked in as a freshman, and he was already, like, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, you're a big guy. Like, you must want to play some basketball. The same thing that happened to me, right? <laughs> I'm like, you, you must be able to play some basketball. He's like, ah, you know, I, you know, I dab a little bit and I try to play, you know. Not really. I'm like, okay, you're on the basketball team. So I had another kid who was a senior who uh, was pretty good at the time. He had gotten a Division One scholarship. And he took the kid in, like, took him in, over. We were in the cafeteria. He took him over and watched his highlight video. And when he walked, saw his highlight video, you could see his face light up. He was like, okay, I want to play basketball. So I would pick him up from the shelter. I would hang out with him. You know, we would hang out with him. would necessarily be in the gym. We would go to the gym. We would practice and uh, just helping him get better. And also it was an opportunity for me to get him out of the shelter. I mean, literally, if you've ever seen a room in a shelter, I mean, it was no bigger than a jail cell. And, I mean, it was the smallest room. He, his mom, and his brother were in there. So I would get him after school, and we would just go to the gym, work out, you know, shoot some hoops. And then I'd bring him home, like, 8 or 9 o'clock at night just so he could have some time out. And he did this. We did this pretty much all the way up until, like, his 11th grade year, which he moved and uh, started living with, like, some grandparents, dad. And they was no longer in a homeless situation. But it still wasn't the ideal situation. It still wasn't like that stability that that kids are looking for. So, I mean, he developed very well. He ended up being about six eight, developed, and Jeez. um yeah, he, he developed and he 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 could have gone Division One, but he really didn't want to. You could tell he just kind of like, hey, I want to play basketball, but I don't want to be that serious about it. So, he ended up going to a Division Three school and playing, and got in some trouble, got in a fight. In a town that he shouldn't have gotten a fight in, and ended up getting put in jail. Oh, so man. he got put in jail for a year, and got out, and was like, "Coach, I still want to play ball. You know, can you help me find a school?" So I got him into school, played ball for another two years or so, and he's going to graduate in May. So uh, that's a part of basketball helping someone through life. Like it's helped it you, for the last eight or nine years. Basketball has really helped him just navigate life, you know, be able to navigate through the real world. And, and now he's going to get his college degree, you know, which is an accomplishment, you know, and, and it's a huge accomplishment, you know, sometimes in the business world, you know, you can kind of downplay college degrees, but it's an accomplishment, you know, (laughs) it's an accomplishment.
0: Absolutely. Especially dealing with the circumstances he had to deal with, right? Like it's already, look, I'll be, look guys, I'll be straight up. I tried to go to college and I had a great support system. Okay. And it was too hard for me, right? It just was not for me. So considering everything he had to go through and still completing it and still finishing it, that just shows his character, like you said, and, and the impact that you had on him. And, you know, that, that's why I've always loved sports because Again, so my, my background is, is I'm Mexican, full hundred percent Mexican American, and I know for like a lot of my culture, like there's not too many opportunities. First, right, like and so sports is always that one outlet to keep us out of trouble, right? To keep us busy because if you're not, because you know, like you just said, you're the hardest working coach. You're there before and you're the last one to leave. But for any athlete, a- athletic kid, you know that through all the season after school, you're gonna either have to do the athletics in the mornings or after school, right? So you're constantly staying busy. You gotta constantly keep your grades up if you wanna play. And that just like keeps you out of trouble. And that's another thing that I, another reason why I absolutely love sports. Like I could talk about sports all day just because I love that. I love it, man. And we're gonna keep talking about sports because I just love it, man. So you played in college, and you, you've obviously loved the game of basketball. You're a hooper. I was. I, I'm more of a football player because I didn't have the skills to play. I One, I couldn't shoot. I couldn't dribble. So all I could do is like people knew, knew me as like I play defense, which really is like I just foul and and, and just just try to play defense because you know like if you can't play ball, you can't hoop, you can't shoot. You better play D, and better that's play it. Defense. That's <laughs> that's all I could pretty much do. So what is your uh, what's your favorite sports team?
1: Uh well I'm a home basketball. I'm a home I'm a hometown guy, so you know the Wizards are the closest team to us, so I'm a Wizards fan. I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, right, you know, and, and I I just love basketball, so I'm not necessarily a super fan. And and I love the play sports so I've never been the guy that attaches myself to a team and I'm like, you know, crying after they lose. And I just love, I just love the game. So if I go I to a game, I wish I could
0: be like you. Yeah. <laughs> I got, yeah. I got, I got so many gray hairs and tears and heartbreak moments. I wish I could be like, you know what? I just, I just love the game. I, I wish I could not feel attached. Like my, my dad would always say, cause I I'd get upset. Like I would, I I'd get upset a little bit too much if my team loses. And my dad's like, son, are you getting any money if they win or lose? No. Then what do you care? What do you care about? <laughs> You're... And I'm like, I know, I know, but they break my heart. Every every year they break my heart. They do this to me. And so for those of you, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. Okay, my I dad's love the Cowboys. a Cowboys fan. I'm a Cowboys fan, and they break my heart every year. Every year they do it to me. They they, they give me high hopes, and they're going to take it all this year, and then they do something that no other team has ever done in the history, like last year, end it on a ref, running into a ref, and not clocking it in time. Just just absolutely insane. But I will say, uh, basketball, I've been a Spurs fan since I was younger. We've had some great years, so I cannot complain. Cannot complain about that. But, no, I wish I I wish I was like you and would not attach – Myself emotionally to any team because yes, it's never it's never good. It's never a good thing to get too emotional, especially if uh, they're not paying you. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I, I get it.
0: Yeah, what school did you play at when after? I mean, well, collegially, what what school did you play for?
1: I played at Bowie State University, so it's an HBCU in Maryland.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Uh, what'd you play?
1: I play. I was the two guard. I was a two guard. I never could dribble the ball that well, but if you left me alone long enough, I was going to knock down a jump shot. So. Gonna knock it down. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice.
0: Awesome. Okay. So that I love, man. I love, I love hearing sports stories and, and, and coaching stories. Cause that's, it's like, it's like, uh, I, I got to live through your life, right? I got to live through your version of it because and maybe it's not too late for me to be a coach yet, but you know, I've, coaching us all, you're I coaching
1: boys. us all right now, man. I see those videos, you you're coaching us all. <laughs> there
0: you go. Yeah, I may not be, yeah, I may not be an athletic coach, but I'm a YouTube coach. So I'll take that. I'll take that. Okay. So you did keto, you, you know, you're versed a lot of your metabolic diseases. You're now feeling great tell me like, you know, what, what kept you going? Like what, you know, you did keto for yourself, right? You did keto for yourself. You obviously reversed your metabolic diseases, but what made you like, you know what? I want to tell other people about this. I want to do speaking events because I've seen you now, you do now speaking events. I see you at like keto conferences now, like what made you want to go and just kind of like spread the word about keto? Wow.
1: Well, it, it, because I'm a teacher, by trade, like I'm a like I was telling people, I'm a certified teacher, right? In Maryland. So because I am a teacher, and because I'm a teacher in the field of biology, so I my degree is in biology. So I've always taught like the food pyramid, and I always thought it was a little bit shaky. And I always thought like the brand, the pasta, the rice, and the cereal, like are all things in a bag. Like I don't understand it. Like and I always, I always, but like when I had to teach it. It would be like a half a class lesson because I would breeze through the the food pyramid and I would tell the kids, like, listen, y'all, y'all just have to know it because we're going to be on the test. Like, I don't necessarily agree with it, but look, you got to know it. And this is what what it looks like, you know. So, like, literally after about that that 30, that 45 days or so, I said, man, I want to start teaching. The lifestyle, and I can't even say that I had a huge epiphany, but I just started doing what I do. I just started teaching what I know, just the same way I've done with basketball. And I just started, I started a Facebook page and I started posting every day, just content on the page. And it wasn't even me. Nobody knew it was me. It was, I was just posting content every day, just like little memes and things like that. You know, Facebook back then really wasn't all about video. It was just about posting pictures and things like that. And the page grew to like 30,000 people on the page, 30,000. I don't know. They call them followers, subscribers on on Facebook. So it grew to like 30,000. So I continued to teach. And and then I kind of said, well, I'm going to start what I call keto class. So I started a group on Facebook. So all the people that came to the page, I would filter them to the group for keto class. So every Sunday I started doing keto class and keto class would be like 30 to 45 minutes where I would talk about a topic and I would teach and uh, everybody would come and and learn and just started rolling with that. So that's where the coaching has been going. It's been over five years now that I've been doing that. And when TikTok came, well, well, when COVID came, I got on TikTok. Yeah,
0: right. (laughs) Isn't it funny how COVID and TikTok came at the same time? Right.
1: Hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I just started TikTok and I just started, I finally had came from behind, you know, I would say the the Facebook page and just started posting and, and started showing my personality and just teaching through video, you know, so it really just was just teaching. And I think that really, I think people may resonate with me because I'm a, because I am a teacher and I have taught that I kind I simplify everything. So I don't talk the scientific jargon, the scientific language, but because I've been educated and trained in that science, it goes into one ear, super complex, and it comes out of my mouth simplified. And I think that's why people have resonated with me because I basically simplify, simplify, and I'm passionate about helping other people. So that's pretty much what got me into it and the whole Coach E turned into Keto Coach E.
0: Yeah. That, and that's where I found you on TikTok. Like, yeah, I, I found your, your blood sugar videos. Oh, right. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I loved them. I thought they're interesting. I, so then I started doing them. Well, I mean, like, I was like, well, I have a, I own a company that, that has a blood sugar monitor. Like, well, I should probably start testing too. So yeah, no, I thought that's, yeah, that's where I found you. And that was super cool. Yeah. I, during, you know, and, and that was such a weird time, you know, COVID and TikTok was just exploding. and, and even And even now, like, like everything else, everything changes, right? Everything's constantly evolving the algorithm. And, and now, you know, for those who don't know, like TikTok's now, like they say, it's like one of the top search engines. Now, like people are actually going to TikTok and typing in what they're searching for instead of like where people used to go to either Google or YouTube, they're now going to TikTok. So it's like, it's it's crazy right it's it's really taken off and and the the way that you can impact people's lives now it's like it's totally changed right when we first started when i first started doing social media there was none of this it was like take a picture of your food and write a long description and now it's like they want videos bucko they want videos on youtube they want videos on tiktok instagram so it's it's an interesting time but I do love that you're able to just reach so many more people and really spread the word. Because like you said, the food pyramid, it's its a joke. It's an absolute joke. That thing needs to be flipped on its head. And I don't know what it was called, but they recently came out with like an updated- My, my plate. Was it my plate? My plate. It, and it, was, it wasn't a food pyramid, but it was like- It was a The plea. government or it was my- Okay, it could have been my plate, but there was also another like- Oh, man, I really wish I, I had the name for it, but it was like foods that you should eat, and it would be like, and the green would be this is what you're supposed to eat the most of. If it's in the red, you're supposed to eat the least of this. Obviously, what was what was in the red that you're supposed to eat the least of?
1: The fat, meat. anything fat, failed. meat. Yeah, yeah. that's it crazy. was
0: meat. And then they were like, the things that you're supposed to eat the most of was like cereal and and just this processed junk and processed carbs and sugars. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like who sits in a room and says yeah you know what yeah yeah meat that's the least they should be eating but cereal that'd be a great thing and and that was like one of you know that it's just, it's 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 absolutely crazy but that was one of the the big turning points on why we actually pivoted to from keto coach to bio coach because you know like covid like everything else like it, it really changed the world and really you know brought attention to how out of shape America is and really like, you know, the, the entire world, but, but let's just like just stick to America, like with type two diabetes on the rise and obesity and heart disease, insulin resistance, type two diabetes, I think one in two people in America, like almost half of Americans are pre-diabetic or type two diabetic, or they don't even know that they are diabetic. Right. And it's absolutely insane because we both know that type 2 diabetes can be reversed. It can it can be put in remission. It's just going to, you know, it's just all about a lifestyle change and changing your diet and being active and, and working out and doing resistance training. But like everything else, they want to tell you, they don't want to say that. If you go into hospitals, you know, you go to their cafeteria, if you just, just strictly looking at the foods, you don't know if you're in a, a hospital cafeteria or 7-Eleven. Like it's the same junk. It's all junk food, right? And you think about that. Like that's crazy. This is our healthcare system. This is where people go when they're sick, and this is what you're feeding them.
1: It's, Just it's junk crazy.
0: Process sugars. It is, and so that's why. Like like you said, I'm so passionate about. And, and number one, because the way I look at it, I guess, is like the lens that I come from is I want to help my people. I want to help minorities. You know, if you look at the numbers, who struggles from metabolic diseases, type two diabetes, insulin resistance, obesity, the most it's minorities, low income, low education. And a lot of my people fit in that demographic. And it's not that, you know, we don't want to know. It's not that we don't want to get healthy. It's just that no one's ever showed us and no one's ever explained it to us in the way that we understand, like what you just recently talked about. You take the the overcomplicated stuff and make it easy for people to digest, right? And understand. And that's what I want to do. And that's what BioCoach wants to do. Cause, you know, I, I talk to my aunts, I talk to my uncles, and all the time, I'm like, what's the problem? They're like, well, I just, I don't, I don't know what to eat or I don't know what to do. My doctor said, as long as I take insulin, I'm good. Or as long as I take metformin, I'm good. Or as long as I'm on statins, I'm fine. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And it's heartbreaking, but. At the same time, it's it's motivating because you know you and I are on the same mission. We're, we want to help people. We want to show people that hey, you can get off your medication, you can get off your insulin, and I'm going to show you every step of the way. I'm not going to just tell you you can. I'm going to show you. You know, that's I love your videos of of showing people. Hey, you can. You should eat this because, and this is why. Like, look, it does not spike your your insulin. It's not going to make you your glucose crash. And I love when you talk about ingredients. You know, like. Hey, this may say keto. This may say keto friendly or low carb, but then you're like, this ingredient right here is a no no. So I don't recommend this. I love that, right? Because and that's what people want to see, and that's what people like to be taught. Like just, just simple, right? So absolutely love, man, that you and I are on the same mission, just to make healthy living simpler for pe- for people. So. So what what are you working on right now? Is there any special projects? Anything like what what, what are you what, what's next for you right now, man? Because like I said, you're doing speaking engagements now. You're killing it on TikTok. You, you got your Facebook group. What else are you working on?
1: The most recent thing that I'm working on is an app. <laughs> so I do have an app coming.
0: Oh, uh, Keto Cozy okay. app.
1: <laughs> so and the app nice. is basically going to be a, a a way to communicate with me. I, I have challenges inside of the app. I have, I have a podcast inside the app. Really, I just took all of my YouTube videos and turned them into podcasts, so I have that inside the app, because sometimes people are looking for the information, but it just put it all in one place. They can chat with me through the app. I can message them when I go live, because a lot of times people, you know, with these platforms, people are like, oh, we didn't know you were live, or when do you go live? And I can send a notification, boom, going live at 7 p.m. tonight, or also do pop-up Zooms, Hey, do you want to pop up Zoom today at five PM? You know, here's the code. So little things like that. So I have an app where people can subscribe to my app, and I've been doing uh, bi-weekly Zooms with my subscribers. So all the subscribers, we basically get on the Zoom. They can ask me questions, and we got like basically a one-on-one type situation uh, there. So I'm I'm really excited about the app. I think that that's something that also gets the information on your own platform because, like you say, you know, these things change so much. That way people can come and get the information. Hopefully I'll be able to do video inside of the app and all of those type of things as well. But I mean, just stay in touch with my community. So as the community grows, just keep being able to stay in touch and share and give and give and give and give. And that's that's my whole mission. I know that if I give, you know, I'll be taken care of eventually. So <laughs> I just give, 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 give. I, I give it all away, Logan. I don't hide anything. Uh everything on my site is is all the information.
0: One, one other thing, one, one last thing I want to ask is like, you know, you've been, you've been on this, on this journey for, for a while. Who are like some, like name, name one person who was very like, you know, just that you, you found and was like, oh man, this guy is like so informational. Like this person like showed me so much and I I recommend this person to, to, to to go check out and really taught me a lot. Like who, who are the people that you, that you maybe stumbled upon on a podcast or TikTok or YouTube that, that was, you know, inspired you. To, uh, to keep going?
1: Yeah, I would say, like I always tell people, you know, get two coaches, you know, don't don't get any more than two coaches because you'll get confused. And my two coaches are Dr. Barry, Dr. Ken Barry and Dr. Funk. So those are my two coaches. And I got to meet Dr. Barry. I told him, I said, you know, you're my mentor. And, you know, I know you never met me, but you're my mentor because I just, I love the way he's just candid and the way he talks. He, of course, he uses the scientific language, but he doesn't overuse the scientific language. He's a doctor, so people you know he's credible to, to people when they come when he it's great to hear a doctor explain the ketogenic lifestyle because so many times people only want to listen to a doctor and many medical professionals don't necessarily haven't necessarily educated themselves on the ketogenic lifestyle because it's not it's not new, but it's newer in the sense of the masses are starting to gravitate to it. So and I love Dr. Fung, uh, he talks about fasting. So those, those are my two guys. Those are my two coaches. Those are OGs,
0: man. <laughs> those are OGs, like, for sure. Like, yeah, Ken Berry, just same here. Anytime people ask me, like, yo, like, I want to do keto, but I heard, like, the cholesterol is bad and you oh don't want gosh. high cholesterol. I'm like, look. We'll be I'm here for like, another look. hour. <laughs> exactly and so what i say is like now it's like funny it's like look i'm gonna do a butcher job trying to explain it just let me send you this link it's actually linked in my notes so i don't have to go look for it anymore because i get that was like one of the main questions i would always get asked like what about cholesterol you, you you know what about salt you can't eat salt if you had high blood pressure i'm like look go watch these two videos ken barry will explain it much better than i than i can and, and he's obviously credible so go check him out. So, yeah, shout out to Kenny. a really good friend of mine as well and uh, just an absolute pioneer. So definitely, I absolutely love it, man. So, Kevin, where can people find you? I, I, I've been talking about your TikTok, but, you know, where can people find you? Like where can they find you on the app and your Facebook group? And let people know where they can get more Keto Coach
1: Yeah, well, I am Keto Coach E on everything, on all platforms, so I was the first Keto Coach E. <laughs> no one has tried to to duplicate it. So pretty much if you Google Keto Coach E, you'll find my Instagram, my my TikTok. But I'm at Keto Coach E on all platforms. My TikTok is my primary platform. That's why I, I make sure I upload videos on a daily basis. And I take those and put them on Instagram <laughs> regularly. I won't say daily, but regularly regularly. And then I'm in my face and then my Facebook group as well. So but if you type in Keto Coach E even on Facebook, you can find my page. I finally changed my page to Keto Coach E, my Facebook page, because it was it was like keto fit for so many years. Changed that to keto coach E as well. So type in Keto Coach E, you can find me everywhere.
0: Nice, nice. Well, hey Kevin, dude, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to come chat with me, and this was fun, man. I mean i i I could be here for I could be here for another hour just talking sports and and and, and talking life, man. This is this is great, but definitely want to thank you and appreciate you coming on the podcast and giving me your time and giving my my audience your time.
1: Hey man, I appreciate you having me, and uh, I don't take it for granted, and I, I'm 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 ecstatic to be the first episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, and 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 next time we see each other, uh, we we got to meet in person. Like Definitely. we've talked to obviously through like social media. We've now done a video podcast, but man, we got to We got to meet each other, and uh, maybe maybe we could do like a uh, we can we can hoop it up. We'll do a game.
1: Okay, <laughs> just jump shots, just jump shots. My knees are too bad, right? Just jumpers, just jump. Because I, you told me already that you like to foul, so we just jump. Ju-
0: <laughs> well, you, you you got the height on me for sure. So if I shoot, I got to be far away. I don't wanna get blocked. Um, but yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun, man. So, all right, Kevin. Well, thank you so much, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we got a plan to meet soon.
1: Definitely. Uh, thanks and appreciate you.
0: Yes, sir. All right, brother, man. You have a good day. You too.